Hello and welcome to the Yuha UP podcast. My name is Yuha and no, that is not a stage name. This is a fitness podcast where I try and help you along your fitness journey, often using mobility interventions to help you break through barriers or plateaus you've been struggling with. And if you're like me and believe that improving joint health should be a part of your routine, this is for you. Today I'm going to share three examples why you need to be more creative when doing, you know, traditional exercises. And what I mean by that is the next time that you do squats, push-ups, chin-ups, etc., keep these things in mind and I think that you'll actually want to change things up a little bit. So for years I personally used to just perform exercises the same way like the way they taught me bench press in college was the same. The way they taught me push-ups or deadlifts or good mornings. I would just always do them the same way every single time I'd perform it. And the only variable that would change would be things like reps, sets, weights, etc. But like the actual form for the set exercise would always be the same. And then something made me change my mind. Kind of made me think that I should be thinking about this differently. Maybe not all the time, but sometimes. I would get challenged by friends or by following other people's workouts, just trying to learn from them. And they would challenge you to change your body position slightly. And I found out that when I changed my body position slightly in these exercises that I was really familiar with, chin up, push up, squat, just a matter of like five to 15 degrees difference made a big change in like my comfort level in the exercise, my strength, my endurance in the exercise. So for example, like I would do a push up, but like one hand would be moved, you know, six to nine inches forward or doing a lunge, I would be instructed to point my toe out far more or bring my center of gravity forward. Or when doing a chin up, change the angle in which you pull yourself up and there are other things you can do with almost every exercise but I found that just changing a couple variables made things a world of a difference it felt like my gains were almost a result of being like one track minded of like if I'm only going to do it in this way then I'm only going to see results in that certain way felt like I was getting like stuck in my own ways and kind of felt like I was missing out from some potential gains because if you can do an exercise that looks 95% similar but you change that 5% well that's a new stimulus and you can get new form of gains from that so obviously in the in the beginning I just thought it was like a fun challenge but I didn't really realize what I was missing I was just becoming more familiar With each new exercise, I became better at doing the exercise and I became stronger in that specific exercise. So for anybody who wonders if this can apply to them, I'm going to give three examples. Hockey, baseball, and playing with your kids. So if you take a look at a video or a picture of what a hockey player looks like mid-sport, when they wind up for a slap shot, when they are sprinting into the corner to reach for a puck when they're wrapping around the goalie to try and get like a wraparound goal. If you were to walk into a gym and see someone align their ankle, knee, hips, and if it was contorted exactly like how you see in the sport of hockey, 
people would probably think you're crazy. People would think that you're putting yourself in a dangerous, compromising range of motion that risks injury and it should be avoided. But in reality, if you choose to play hockey, if you choose to play hockey, then you need to be strong in the positions that the sport will put your body in. If you're going to choose to play hockey, you need to be comfortable in knee valgus. If you choose to play hockey, you need to be comfortable having unilateral coordination. You need to be comfortable doing exercises that involve your upper body moving one way and your legs moving another way, regardless if they're necessarily quote-unquote good for you or not. If you choose to do a sport, you need to be prepared. Your body needs to be prepared for the sport that you do. Most NHL players play with, you know, a, a slight groin tear or like a groin strain. So if you're a hockey player, it's probably really important to be aware of hip tightness, hamstring tightness, of things around the hip and how that affects you. Because the better that you can be, the more that that'll help your sport. And for practical advice, I would say that when doing exercises like lunges, cable chops, etc., um, train in multiple angles that are specific to hockey. So actually look at pictures and videos of positions that you're going to be in in a hockey game kind of just do like a quick freeze frame and look at the position of their knee look at the position of their ankle and work towards training to be stronger in those positions if if people are doing cable chops so cable chop is 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 a pretty common one because you take some you're basically frozen from like the hips down, kind of keeping your core engaged and you're moving your upper body while keeping your core kind of in that anti-rotational stance. So if you notice that when you wind up for a slap shot, you're kind of using anti-rotation but in a split squat position, then train a cable chop in a split squat position. If you think that you're going to train split squats and you notice that there's a certain position that your ankle should be in, then work towards training yourself in that. Um, I want to also emphasize that if you're going to start doing this then, and you know the further that you go into training end ranges and things like this, do not start off with a lot of weight. Start off with n- no weight. Start off with just body weight. Maybe slip it into your warm-up. Just see how you feel and slowly build up weight if you feel like that position is something that you can own and feel comfortable in. Example two, I'll say, is baseball. If you watch someone pitch, that is so clearly showing us that we need large amounts of end ranges of motion, but we need to have control in those ranges. So for example, if you are doing like a strength and conditioning routine, unilateral exercises are going to be a non-negotiable part of a baseball player's routine. But if you look at pictures of how baseball players pitch there's so much external rotation so when you develop strength unilaterally you not only have to be aware of kind of core control but how that relates to also stability and mobility of the shoulder because the sport demands in baseball are unique to baseball in the same way that there are demands in hockey that are unique to baseball like or sorry that are unique to hockey like a a baseball player needs much more range of motion in their shoulders. A sprinter needs much more range of motion in their hips. 
if you do mixed martial arts, you probably need a little bit of range of motion in everything. If you do competitive dragon boating, you probably need a lot more range of motion in your upper body. If you're doing dragon boating, you're just sitting down, you probably don't need full tibial internal rotation and big toe dorsiflexion. Would that be an asset? Yeah, but that's probably not like the biggest factor for you. So the practical advice for, for baseball players would be, actually, you could apply a similar concept to what I said for hockey in the sense of like, look at lunge variations, look at cable chop variations and try and change angles that are specific to it. But just so you have something unique for you guys, if you're a pitcher, then you clearly need extreme, extreme amounts of shoulder external rotation, far greater than 99% of the population. But you need to also have active range of motion in glenohumeral external rotation. So look at how much passive end range you have in shoulder ER and compare that with how much active ER you have. And what I would try and do is if there's a large discrepancy, then look towards doing like an Americana stretch and follow like a Pales Rails protocol. Uh... That's where you go into an end range stretch for one to two minutes, and then you do strength training protocols to take newly acquired passive ranges of motion, which by the way, if you are a pitcher, you, you probably, probably don't need, I mean, I don't know your specific case, but pitchers don't often need more range of motion uh, in, in, for external rotation. They just need more strength and control of the range that they already control. So Pales Rails, it can be something where they can do a stretching session, just like a short bout of stretching, depending on who you are. It could be a short bout, it could be up to two minutes. And then you do isometric strength training sets to build strength when the capsule, when that shoulder joint is short and when the shoulder range is long. Oh, and also working on isometric strength, it doesn't induce inflammation. There's no shear forces. It's the safest contraction to train if you are worried about like risking injury with eccentrics. And finally, playing with your kids. The more angles that you can develop strength in, the better prepared you will be for the endless kind of just wonky body positions that just the simple act of playing games will put you in. Of course, if you run around, there's going to be some sidestepping, some twisting, turning. Like We don't need to talk about every single position that you're going to be in if you're playing with your kid, but we can agree that it's going to put you in random positions. And when you're playing with your kid, picking them up, bending down, you know, grabbing them with with one hand, there's no like one exercise in the gym that's going to like really prepare you 110% for this. Like If you're going to pick up your kid, you're probably not going to pick them up using ex exact deadlift form. If you lift them up over your head just for fun, you're probably not going to follow the exact same to a T protocols you follow when you do um, landmine presses or, I mean, no, not landmine presses, but like a military press. So variability and being comfortable and strong in a multitude of range of motion is going to be super helpful for you. So my practical advice for you would be Start a morning full body cars routine. Each morning, move each of your joints in isolation through a full pain-free range of motion. Neck, T-spine, glenohumeral joint, elbow, wrist, spine, hips, knee, ankle, toes, right? Move each of those joints in isolation in a full pain-free range of motion. And bonus points if you record yourself, because going through the routine will identify, it'll help you point out what movements you're weak in and what movements you 
move well in. It can also help identify which areas may have pinch points and you can then go take that information and go specifically work on that or go see like a therapist, Cairo. Um, just the healthier and the better that your joints move, the better prepared you'll be to play with your kids, distraction-free. So my conclusion, like the final summation, I'm not saying that traditional exercises are bad. I don't think a push-up is bad. I don't think a squat is bad. What I am saying is that only doing traditional exercises in the way that 99% of people do them is not enough. Like if you look at the hip, what movements can the hip, what movements can the human hip go into? Flexion extension, internal rotation, external rotation, abduction, adduction, circumduction. And if you train a deadlift, does it train some of those movements? Yes. But all of them? No. How about a squat? The same thing. How about a lunge? The same thing. There are some exercises that do a great job at targeting and strengthening some ranges of motion, but you need to be working each joint through full ranges of motion. And that's where you need to step outside of the box and don't be afraid to be a little bit creative. Apply common sense to this. I'm not going to say, I'm not trying to advocate that you go and you do a barbell back squat and you just like contort your back in a certain way or step in a really staggered way to compromise your joint health. Don't do that. Apply common sense. Start slow. Do body weight stuff at first when you're trying new things out. Because after all, have you ever heard somebody say, Ah, oh, dang it, I just have too much body control. No. So go down that journey of trying to get more body control and trying to be a better version of yourself, trying to move, trying to be a better human because the better you are at human, the better you'll be at playing with your kids. The better you are at human, the better you'll be at baseball. The better you are at human, the better you'll be at hockey. Thank you. That's everything that I want to say for today and I'll see you in the next episode.